Dream. Noun. A series of thoughts, images, and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep. Or a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal. Dream. Verb. To dream. The impossible dream. Hello, and welcome to this special dreams episode of Cast, where I am going to dive into the realm of dreaming, a place that has fascinated me since I was a child, and has never really ceased its grip. If you've ever listened to Cast before, you'll know that I have alluded to my love of dreams many times, so I thought it only appropriate to devote an entire episode to all things dreaming. And I am very interested to see where we go and what we find out. So, while you're doing whatever you're doing, sitting down, standing up, laying down, waking up with a coffee or a tea, or getting ready for bed with a hot chocolate with marshmallows, or whatever your preferred beverage may be, I invite you to explore this world of dreams with me and see where we end up. So, if you haven't listened to Cast before, normally I use a random word generator to generate five random words, and then I talk about whatever comes to mind. But I have been saying for ages I've wanted to do a dreams episode, so here I am doing just that. All the other episodes, I am seeing where my mind goes and just chatting about whatever. But this one, dreams, dreams, dreams. So enjoy. Now, as you heard at the beginning of the episode, the word dream has a couple of meanings. And we're going to start with the first definition of the noun, a series of thoughts, images, and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep. So why does it happen? As far as we know, there are different stages of sleep. There are in fact five. Waking, N1, N2, N3, and REM sleep, or REM sleep, or rapid eye movement sleep. The waking stage does what it says in the tin. It's where you are now, I imagine. I, I'm assuming, might be wrong to assume, we might be in dreamland right now. If so, hello. I hope you're having a nice time. N1 sleep is the lightest stage of sleep in which we spend about 5% of our sleepy time in. The next stage is N2 which is a much longer, deeper stage of sleep. This is where the brain does a lot of its admin for the day, a lot of like the, you know, the stuff that you really don't want to do, but you know you have to, like sorting out the emails and all the kind of the, the, the clutter. That's N2. And once that is out of the way, we get into N3, which is the hella deep sleeping, like, like the sleeping like concrete type of sleep. The type of sleep where if you get woken from it, it's like someone hit you with a sledgehammer and you're wondering what year it is. This is where all the body repair is done and it allows the brain to use much slower delta waves to operate, to conserve energy. And then, then we get into the big boy, REM sleep. 
This is where all the dreaming happens. Your eyes dart about and your breathing can get all extra. But the first cycle of this REM sleep only typically lasts about 10 minutes. We have on average about five sleep cycles, with each REM stage getting longer as the sleep goes on. That's when you have that's why you tend to have those like you have like the really hella crazy dreams later on in the night compared to like the first sort of, you know, hour of when you've been sleeping. Of course there's exceptions to the rule, but normally that's how it goes. But REM sleep is just the stage of sleep where the dreaming happens. It doesn't explain exactly why we dream. And you know what? Apparently, neither can science. So dreams and their associated meanings vary across different cultures and periods of time. By the late 19th century, German psychiatrist Sigmund Freud, Siggy the Lad, had become convinced that dreams represented an opportunity to gain access to the unconscious. And then the 20th century Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung believed that dreams allowed us to tap into the collective unconscious which he describes as a theoretical repository of information he believed to be shared by everyone. A big melting pot of minds. According to Jung, certain symbols in dreams reflected universal archetypes with meanings that are similar for all people, regardless of culture or location. Like, for example, there's a, there's a thing going around, I don't know if you've seen it, where there's a face, there's a specific face that apparently, like, everybody has seen in their dreams, or, like, a, re like a massive number of people have seen in their dreams. Across, like, every country, every continent, everywhere, people have seen this same face. Weird phenomenons like that kind of happen all the time when it comes to dreaming. But then there's people like dream researcher Rosalind Cartwright, who believes that dreams only serve as a reflection of things that are important to the dreamer in waking life. So she's basically like, guys, chill. It's not that deep. Calm down. <laughs> there is also the prominent theory of dreaming's original purpose to be a kind of threat simulator in which we can play out potentially dangerous situations of different threat levels and see how best to tackle them. But I guess it hasn't quite sort of like figured out how to keep up with the times. Like you would dream of a bear attacking you when really that's like an argument with your boss. And it just, it hasn't quite like updated the operating system yet or updated like the graphics. It'll get there. I'm sure it will. Basically, there's many theories of the purpose of dreaming. But... From a neurobiological standpoint, science can't currently pinpoint exactly why we dream, which I absolutely love. And part of me wonders whether it's supposed to be that way. Like, currently, the only real tests about it can be done on animals, and they can't actually tell us. <laughs> like, yo, I was having this dream, and it was crazy, like... Like, I'm a dog, right? But in this dream, I was a cat. And I was like, yo, this is bonkers, dude. And then I saw this dog, but it wasn't just a dog. It was me. And then I was like, yo. And then dream dog me started chasing dream cat me. And I just started running. But it was like real slow. I could just eaten like 20 Scooby snacks, you know, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then dog me was getting closer and closer. And just as he nearly caught me, I woke up. 
Wild, huh? <laughs> so yeah, they can't do that. And we as humans can't investigate the brain that far without really kind of screwing some things up. So maybe it's supposed to be that way. Like a veil we, we can't walk through, but can only appear on each side of. The best security door ever invented. I like the idea that the dream world is just supposed to be experienced and not figured out. Which is perhaps the meaning of life after all. I feel like that, oh man, I feel like that would have been a really good note, like a really profound note to end on. And I just chucked it in here. Great. Oh well, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. However, many studies suggest that the neurophysiology that causes us to dream is similar to or even the same as that which is responsible for hallucinations. And hallucinations are defined as perceived external stimulus, so things that you can hear, see, smell, taste or feel that appear to be real but actually only exist in your mind. So when we're awake, our brains have these little dudes in them, most people call them neurons, so we're going to do that, that essentially stop memories from being so vivid. So basically stopping our brain from hallucinating our memories in, in waking life so that we're not constantly voiding our bowels every time we think of being, you know, attacked in some way or any kind of danger pops up. In the film Waking Life, a film I will probably reference quite a bit in this episode, one of the characters says that these subatomic neurons inhibit hallucinations while we are awake, but they are themselves inhibited during REM sleep. So, to the functional system of neural activity that creates our world, there isn't a difference between dreaming a perception and action and the waking perception and action, which is why dreams feel so real when we're in them, and if you hallucinate, you are convinced that it is real. So this interested me because if it is true, it would mean that somewhere along the line, disorders such as schizophrenia, which can cause hallucinations, and PTSD, which can cause flashbacks, have a way of overriding this system in some way that, that means the vividity of these memories is greatly increased to the point of non-discernibility from the external physical world around us. Even in the context of grief, according to Grimby in 1993, after the death of a spouse, one-third to one-half of the bereaved spouses report hallucinations of the deceased. So it seems when there's a heightened intensity to a memory, or it is, you know, deeply carved in after repeated exposure many times over, something happens in the processing of said memory that makes it not fit into the proverbial filing cabinet of the mind in some way. Which also goes along with the idea of REM sleep when dreams occur being the kind of processing time for these things experienced in the waking world to be sorted and put away. But often there's a misalignment. Something isn't filed properly or because it doesn't fit and sticks out, it's just sort of stuffed behind the cabinet for a while. 
but it's just poking out enough that it will pop up in your dreams and let you know that it's been left out in, you know, in the form of anxiety dreams or even nightmares. You may not be able to see it or see what it is, but it's there and it'll stay there and pop up symbolically until it's sorted and filed away. And in the case of PTSD in the waking world and it appears as flashbacks, you will know what it is, but the same thing happens until it's sorted and filed away and processed, whether that's through therapy or a lot of inner work or closure in some kind of way. The brain keeps doing what it thinks is the right thing to do. This is the thing with so many of these with, with these things, without getting too deep about it. When it comes to these kind of things, your brain and your mind genuinely think they're doing the right thing to protect you. And half the time, our brains are just working with an old script and an old operating system, and they haven't had a chance to learn the new one yet. So I always like to give my brain a bit of credit for <laughs> trying its best. You know, it's not quite right, but, <laughs> you know, it's trying. It's really trying to do its best. But this leaves the problem of hallucinations that don't seem to be any kind of memory. And I think this is where it could be argued that hallucinations and dreaming are part of the same family. Have you ever had those dreams where something is really familiar, like a person or event is really familiar, but something is just off? Like something's been changed or added? To quote one of my favorite video games, Kingdom Hearts, a scattered dream that's like a far off memory, a far off memory that's like a scattered dream. I think they were onto something there with that. And what if, okay, what if this is it, right? What if that is the case, that the same neural activity and neurobiology occurs in hallucinations and dreaming? And along with that, Jung was also right in the fact that there is this collective unconscious and that the physical world and the dream world are connected in some way through us, that would mean that maybe, it's getting very, very out there, that could mean that the stories of people that see ghosts are hallucinations, but they are generated from memories, just not our memories. The same override happens due to the intensity of the memory, but it happens so strongly from the spirit that dwells in wherever it is seen that it leaks into the psyche and causes the override in the mind of the one who sees it. Whoa. Does that make sense? I've said it, but does that make sense? I feel like there's a massive plot hole in that somewhere. Maybe, maybe not. Wow. But that's just a theory. This is my genre, by the way. I can I can sound all sciencey for a bit, but then I have to be like, dude, what if this means this? Ha <laughs> ha. You know, scientific research with a a soupçon of wild, far out vibes. Everything needs balance, you know. I think I think my mind jumps there because I I, I tend to go along with the whole we're all connected theory, all of it. Me, you, the ground beneath our feet, everything, the sky, the clouds, blah 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 blah. We're all the universe, and the universe is us, etc., etc. Also, I, I learned it's etc., not x, etc. That was a big learning curve for me. It's not about dreams. I don't know why I'm talking about that. Yeah, th th this is why I'm, I'm like I don't, 
necessarily believe in all things supernatural, but I believe in it enough where I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised. Shocked? Yes. Surprised? Nah. So the overall feeling here is that we're not sure where it comes from, and we're not sure where it goes. And no, I am not talking about Cotton Eye Joe. Whether we generate these dreams ourselves or whether it is indeed a world of its own that blends within the deep recesses of our unconscious minds is a question we may not ever know. But just how dreaming it can make its way into our waking lives, our conscious waking minds can also make their way into our dreams. Enter lucid dreaming. Have you ever had a dream where you knew that you were dreaming? Maybe you noticed something was off and suddenly you realised, or maybe you knew from the start. Then you have had what is known as a lucid dream. When I first learned that realising you were dreaming whilst you were in the dream was a thing, and not only that, that you could learn to control the dreamscape around you, I was beside myself. Because as a teenager at the time who just wanted to escape as much as he could, whether that be in video games or music or traveling, it just sounded like, well, a dream. <laughs> Can't believe that was the first time that pun has come up. Lucid dreaming is the art of bringing your conscious mind into your dreams, where it dances with your unconscious mind and is able to create things beyond your wildest thoughts. I'm not going to milk it. I'll just the, the first one was okay, but calm down. I think, I think when I first did it and I could control the dream I was in, I think the first thing I did, I, I kissed my friend's sister that I had a crush on. You know, typical teenage boy lucid dream. <laughs> so predictable. And then I think I flew. Maybe flying was the first. I don't know. They were both pretty high on my priority list, to be honest. Anyway, I've only been able to do it in a, a few times in my life. Um, some people are totally natural about it, and they, they can do it most nights or every night. Me, I uh, have to really practice at it, and the, the reason it kind of doesn't go with me too well is that I tend to get really excited when I realize I'm dreaming, and the adrenaline and dreams do not go well together, as I have found out. But those more accomplished than... Accomplished? Accomplished? Those more accomplished than I at exploring and controlling their dreams are called Anironauts, which I think is a fantastically cool title. Big fan of that. There's also there's some incredible stories of people figuring out the solution to many of their problems in their waking life in a lucid dream state. Like there's been mathematicians who have solved complex math problems in their dreams, Composers who have written beautiful melodies and lyrics. I want to say Mozart was one of them. Maybe. I remember reading that somewhere, but that's, you know, I can't cite a quote for that. And one of my favorite things about it is that it's often used as a form of therapy for people to be able to confront their fears in a very safe way as they are the ones in control. It's like a heightened version of the threat simulator that we were talking about, the purpose of dreams perhaps being earlier. So it really can be an amazing tool in 
not just not just a way to hang out with your favorite role models. Now, you may be asking yourself, oh my god, that sounds amazing. How do I lucid dream? Well, let me elucidate you. It's the best use of that word ever, and I just want to throw that out there so it's so it's known. Elucidate. I wanted to I wanted to have this section in here because when I first found out I, I kind of first found out about it by chance and it sort of changed my life and I know a lot of you have found me by chance so I am now furthering this knowledge onto you make it very serendipitous and I wish you well with the information I am about to impart onto you so, of course, these may all take a bit of practice and they can be a bit weird to experience at first. But going into it, knowing that you could experience some odd things takes a lot of the fear of the unknown out of it. That's why I'll always say that if you're ever trying to quell any addiction that you might be going through, researching what is going on in your mind and your brain while you are coming off of that thing, takes away so much of the fear of it. It's about being smarter than your addiction and not stronger than it. And, you know, for me, it, it changed the game completely because fear is the main thing. Fear is what keeps you going back all the time and fear is what keeps you reliving the same patterns over and over again. So, yeah, go into these techniques knowing it could be a bit weird and you'll be fine. There is, in fact, more than one way to lucid dream, the first of which is the wake-initiated lucid dream. Now, I have done this one before, and the first time I did it, it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. So, although this method is definitely effective, it's spoony as hell. So, before we fall asleep, we fall unconscious. You remember at the beginning when I was talking about transitioning through the different stages of sleep? So going from the the first waking state to N1, like that that transition is weird because we're going like backwards into our mind. And because that's not like a normal thing to um, have happen to us, we technically fall unconscious before we get into sleep. It's one of those weird language terminology things that gets a little bit confusing, but we're awake and then we fall unconscious and then we go to sleep. Basically, if the conscious mind experiences that transition into the sleep state, it freaks out and doesn't know what's going on. So the process of the wake-initiated lucid dream, or the wild, as it's sometimes known, is to do exactly that. Stay conscious until you fall asleep, then allow the dream to form around you until it feels vivid enough to start exploring. Now, the weird thing about this is because the conscious brain isn't used to this, like I said, it kind of freaks out for a minute. The first time this happened to me was actually when I was staying over a friend's and that friend was talking to me and I was super tired, which was kind of one of the inspirations for this podcast you know where you can just sort of like lie and just have someone talk to you and blah 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 but I was trying to listen I was really trying to listen and because I was so trying so hard to listen I stayed conscious trying to listen even though my body was like nope 
we're done. Good night, my guy. And because of this mismatch, all of a sudden, I started hearing what I can only describe as a plane flying past my ears. Like it's the loudest sound I have ever heard that should have been really, really painful to hear, but I didn't feel a thing. And then I started seeing all of this crazy, crazy imagery being generated in front of me. So this was what I was talking about earlier, these neurons basically being inhibited so all these vivid hallucinations can start coming forward. This one in the tran this type of hallucination in the transition into sleep is called a hypnagogic hallucination. And then in an instant, it all completely stopped. And I was lying on my friend's bed, except he wasn't there. So I thought briefly that I was awake. Everything seemed so normal and so vivid but as I got up and went downstairs to find him, I found his mum instead. And this was weird because it was like two in the morning and I was like, oh, okay. I asked her where he was and she didn't answer. She just made me a cup of tea and we smoked a cigarette because I used to smoke at that time. We had a chat for a while and then I was like, right, well, I'm off to bed. Night. So I went back upstairs, and as I walked back into the bedroom, I saw myself asleep on the bed. And if that's not a reality check, I don't know what is. But as soon as I saw me, I was literally sucked back into myself. It was very strange. And the feeling of getting sucked back into my own body was the same feeling that you get when you're on a roller coaster and it, you, there's a sudden drop and your stomach goes, that feeling, you know what I mean? That was, that's what happened. But like 10 times as weird. It was the weirdest sensation I have ever experienced. And then I sat bolt upright and my friend was still talking. Part of me at the time thought it was like an out of body experience. But I reckon it was just a very strange, lucid dream. And I reckon if I had done that intentionally, I probably would have figured out what was happening as it was happening. But for this one, no. But the point still stands. That is the technique for it. But yeah, just be prepared for some weird stuff. So you can do it my way or you can do it the normal way and just lay on your back, repeating a mantra to yourself to stay conscious. And after a while, you start to notice the visual craziness forming in front of you. And you just you have to kind of let it all happen. That's the thing with all of this. You have to be really passive with it, like really aloof. Like, I don't even care if I lose a dream or not. It's like, whatever. You do you. It's like the dream doesn't want to know that you're watching until it's properly there. Then it's like, oh, what's up, bro? Here, I'm a dream. Hello. Interestingly, this freaky stuff that you can experience in between the waking and dream state, like the noises and hallucinations and stuff, that's often cited as a theory to what is experienced during sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is a condition where someone seemingly wakes up but they can't move at all. They become conscious and awake, but the chemical that 
inhibits movement during sleep so we don't sleepwalk is still active in the in the body so the body can't move but along with this a lot of people see some kind of apparition in their room when this happens sometimes floating over the top of them or sometimes they perceive that as the thing holding them down so they can't move so this could very well just be a normal hypnagogic hallucination caused by the waking dream state confusion but turned spooky and evil because of the fear of not knowing what is happening and it manifests in gregory at the end of your bed like hi <laughs> of course it could actually be gregory but um i doubt it i doubt it another big method to lucid dream is reality checking there are certain things in the dream world that don't do very well when paid attention to. For example, if you look at a digital clock or try to read small print, chances are it'll look pretty jumbled. Another one is light levels. If you flip a switch in a dream, chances are that nothing will change. One that I really like is looking at your hands. That's an easy one. Often, like, if I look at my hands in a dream, I'll have extra fingers or something like that. But the trick is to do some of these checks every few hours in the waking world so that when you're in the dream, it's sort of habitual. And then when you notice in the dream, voila, you can enjoy your newfound lucidity. But like I said, just try not to get too excited because too many times, too many times I have looked at my hands and gone, oh my God, ah, oh. <laughs> so just be chill about it. The third one I'll talk about is the wake back to bed method. And this, when paired with reality checks, is like a really solid one for a lot of people. You ever wake up really early in the morning, like earlier than you were supposed to wake up, and you sort of mosey about for a bit, maybe get a glass of water, and you're kind of up for a while, not totally awake, but kinda, and then you just decide to go back to bed, and then you have the most crazy vivid dreams. This is the wake back to bed method, and it's one of the most efficient ways to get into a lucid dream because you're so close to REM sleep anyway. So the next time you go to bed, if you want to try this, set your alarm a few hours before you want to get up. Stay up anywhere between 30 to 60 minutes, maybe 90. Do some reality checks, maybe read some stuff on lucid dreaming as well. Take your sleepy ass back to bed and let the magic commence. And going along with this, interestingly, as I've been researching stuff for this episode, my dreams have become more vivid and I'm remembering more. Like my mind knows I'm getting back into the dream thing again, so everything's becoming a bit more vivid in my dreams. Like I'm slowly becoming more conscious about it. So there you go. I am proof that it works. And there you have it. A bit of practice and you can explore your dream world to your heart's content. Come say hello to me. We could probably do Caverncast in person. <laughs> oh, also, keeping a dream journal tends to help really well as well. It helps you remember your dreams better if you write them down as soon as you wake up so you end up being more aware of them when you're having them. And... For the other side of this, if you want to wake up from a dream and you're finding it hard, going to bed in the dream tends to help with that. 
or try and read something for a long time. For some reason that works. I guess the brain's been like, no, this is hard. I don't want to do this. And so it just goes, nah, we'll wake up. So moving on from dreams that we can control, I wanted to now move on to dreams that we don't understand. I assume all of us have had at least one dream where something crazy symbolic happens. We wake up, we have no idea what it's supposed to mean, who that person was, why I was doing this, why this was happening to me, blah, 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 blah. We've all had one. You know who also definitely had that? Edwin Raphael, the author of The Complete Book of Dreams. Now, I often look up dream interpretations. It's a very fond pastime of mine. But a friend of mine had this book. And when I picked it up at hers and started reading, I was hooked. This thing is amazing. It's basically a dictionary for dreams. It goes through pretty much everything <laughs> alphabetically. And instead of a definition, it gives a dream meaning. And some of them are gold. So I asked some of my lovely patrons to tell me about some dreams that they had but didn't understand. And I am now going to bring the gift of knowledge to these mysterious dream symbols. And we begin with Erica. I was outside in my chicken coop, feeding my three chickens, and a large black bird landed near us. I'm guessing that's blackbird and not blackbird. I raised my voice and waved my arms to scare it away in case it was a predator, but it just looked at me and didn't budge. Mm. As I moved closer, I discovered it was a raven. Oh yeah, okay, cool. There's the answer to my question. It was standing in a tall raised basin with a few inches of water in it, and it began to bathe itself. I crept closer and peered over the edge of the basin where I discovered several small leeches in the water which were falling off the raven as it bathed. Hmm. I reached into the basin and began scrubbing the bird to help it rid itself of the leeches. I thought the raven may be tired and hungry after its ordeal, so I returned to the coop to get some seeds to feed it. When I turned back, the raven was gone. Interesting. I mean, even without looking at my trusty complete book of dreams, I'm I'm getting a healing vibe from this. Um So what's first? So let's say chicken coop. Like that that's how specific this book is. It it might actually be in here. Okay. Gonna have some page flicking sounds. Um what do we have? CZ Castle, Catacombs, Cellar, Cello, Cement, CH Change, Chapel, Chapped Hands, Cheering, Chess, Getting Closer. Okay, we don't have we don't have chicken coop, but we have chicken pox <laughs> and chicken. So chicken to dream of chickens is unlucky. If they are roosting, then the bad luck will affect your domestic affairs and will not be very serious. If they are strutting about, the trouble will be more severe and will extend even to your own or your partner's business. 
If you are a farmer, you will have a bad crop and lose many of your poultry. If you are in a trade, some conman will defraud you. However, a dream of catching hens signifies joy and happiness. So I'm going to go ahead and say take all these with a pinch of salt. <laughs> I think that's probably the best idea. But let, okay, so ch that's chicken. It doesn't say about feeding chickens, though. I'm going to say I'm going to say forget that one, Erica. Don't worry about it. Let's go with Raven. I'd be very surprised if Raven wasn't in here. How very Game of Thrones of you. Um, if anyone sees a raven, it indicates mischief, particularly to a husband or wife who will be discontented by their adulterous partner. Jesus Christ, Edwin Raphael. To hear a raven croak signifies sadness. To see ravens flying signifies complaint and sadness. To see a raven fly over you signifies danger and damage. But you were, you were, hmm. Because now we have to look up leech and then see how it all blends together. Okay, to dream of a leech signifies fortunate friends and happiness awaits you. So I reckon you've had some trouble in your life and it's been to do with someone being maybe mischievous or maybe taking the mickey a little bit and some people might look at this because the leeches were falling off that that the leeches are the bad thing coming off of the raven and the raven is the good thing but i think it could be the other way around i think you are ridding the leeches of the raven which is the mischief the leeches which is the the fortunate friends and the happiness you are taking that away from the mischief so you are choosing the good and wanting to choose the good over the mischief so it's a sign of maturing maybe <laughs> that's so weird for a leech though like because when you think of leech you think of someone leeching like someone trying to take something but this is like no it's a good thing Pinch of salt, pinch of salt. But yeah, there you go, Erica. I hope that one helped. So Kate has dreamt of a few things. Kate has dreamt of jumping off a cliff, uh, meetings with unfamiliar persons with fr friendly vibes, and dancing. Okay, so jumping. Jumping. To dream that you are jumping from a high position or over obstacles is a sign that you will meet with lasting success if only you will put your heart and soul into your work. There you go. I don't think there's a pinch of salt that's needed there. I think that's pretty much it. Give it your all, Kate. And unfamiliar person. So I'm going to go with stranger. Stranger danger. If you dream you strike a stranger, it signifies victory, assurance, and success in your affairs. To dream you trade with a stranger signifies profit. To, to dream of a complete stranger indicates the return of a long-absent friend. I'm going to go with the last one, considering I don't, I don't think you're hitting them. You didn't specify, you might be, 
take it as what it is, but I'm going to go with the last one. Um, and then dancing, right? Dancing in the moonlight. Everybody's feeling warm and bright. Such a Dancing. To dream that you see other people dance at a ball signifies joy, pleasure, recreation, and inheritance. To dream that you are dancing at a ball foretells that you will shortly receive some joyful news from a long-absent friend that you are about to inherit some unexpected fortune. <sighs> it foretells success and happiness. Kate... You need to you need to hook up with some old friends, man. <laughs> you need to keep an ear out. You, like that's so weird. Stranger and dancing are so close. So to dream of a stranger, to dream of a complete stranger indicates the return of a long absent friend, and to dream of dancing foretells that you will shortly receive some joyful news from a long absent friend. <sighs> That's cool. Ooh, goosebumps. Well, keep us updated, Kate. I wish you well for your imminent success. The next dream is Tina's. I'm in my mum's house, in my room, and I look out my window and see Dalek-like robots, but they are round and pink. They are heading to my house with human goons to attack. I open a secret door in my floor with stairs that lead to a huge computer room with a bunch of my friends. We get to working on securing the room and finding out how to defeat the robots. Proactive. I like it. Getting a jump on the game. The robots break in and everyone runs to a tunnel with a huge secured door to seal it. But someone has to manually close it. So I shove everyone in the tunnel and as I finish securing the door, I turn around to see a pink robot. Then I wake up. Oh, Tina with the main character energy. God damn. Okay, so robots, for sure. I don't know about the pink robots, the pink... Like, let's say their colour is in, in irrelevant. As, it, as if robot isn't in here. Come on now. Should we say aliens? Is that close enough? I'd say that's probably close enough. Aliens aren't in here either. Oh, come on now. Friggin' artichoke is in here, but alien isn't. What? I am, I am perplexed. Okay, um... Invasion? Invitation. No. Why is... Um... Attack. Attack must be in here. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tina. Asparagus. Asparagus. Astrology. Attendant. This is getting ridiculous now. I don't even know what I can... I, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly out. Um, hero. Let, let's say, let's say, all right, forget everything. You are the hero. What does that tell us? If, if hero isn't in here, I'm throwing this book away. Hero. Right. 
to dream you are a hero means a change of heart in someone who has hitherto been cool with you, especially should you dream of some great hero of historic times. That was really disappointing. <laughs> that was really all of that, just for, just for that. I mean, maybe, maybe that'll send something to you. Um, okay, let's cross that with computer and see what we get from that and see if we can blend it together. Computer and friends. When was this written? Because it doesn't have computer in it. 1992. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That makes a little bit more sense. Friends. To see your friends or relations dead it signifies joy, okay, or unexpected good news. If you are in love, it indicates a speedy marriage with your lover. If you dream of a friend, your fortune will improve. And hero was a change of heart into someone who has hitherto been cool with you. So maybe a relationship is coming to an end, but it's a good thing. Maybe. This is this is a very interesting idea for a segment of this episode. This is this is going. I don't know how this is going. <laughs> but we move. Okay, we can't. Dreams are a very uh, ambiguous thing, anyway. It's the whole vibe of this thing, isn't it? So, Tina, make of that what you will. <laughs> okay, Ren. I find my dreams either mimic my everyday life in order to present the current situations or issues that are arising in my life, or they are the total opposite and I'm creating other worlds in my head. Oh, that is very much going along with all the info we have read already. The dreams I enjoy the most are flying or any sort of adrenaline rush. When I'm flying, I can feel that sinking pit in my stomach that tells me I, if I for some reason lose this ability, I will fall to my death. Or if I'm being chased while flying, then losing the ability will render me helpless and be caught. The feeling of being free, though, is the greatest feeling above all else. So flying is a really, is quite a common one, isn't it? So I am going to look that up. There is no way in hell that flying is not in here. Flight. See, this is where the, <laughs> this is where this book gets weird. Because under flight, it says, For a businessman to dream that some of his creditors have run away without paying their debts is a sign that he need have no cause to doubt the honesty of his trading partners over the last few months. What? What does... What? How is that anything to do with flying? Jesus. <laughs> I think... Do you know what? I'm going to put my own definition in here. I reckon if you're dreaming of flying, but there's a lot of fear associated with it, it's that you really... Like, you, you have this urge to be free and to follow your dreams and to do what you want, but you always feel like something is going to take it away. And maybe it's you maybe it's it's your own fear that will be that could be the catalyst for it all not working so my advice to you is to just go and do it anyway fear or no fear 
Because if there's one thing I've learned, is that life is going to do what life is going to do. But you get to choose what you're going to do. If life screws it up for you, then fair enough. But don't let yourself be the one that screws up the chance. Okay? Okay. Cool. Brianne says, Keeping it brief, but a few highlights from some of my recent dreams have included showing up to work completely nude. Ooh. Uh, a friendly raven bringing me gifts. Ah, we've had this. And assisting, badly I might add, in a crime scene investigation with the police. Help me understand. I will try my best, Brianne. So, we've already had the raven. So, a friendly raven bringing me gifts. So beware of mischief entering into your life. If the raven is friendly, maybe it's good mischief. Maybe that's a good thing. It's a, it's a happy thing. But beware. Um, showing up to work completely nude, however. That's an interesting one. Oh, nakedness. Straight on. Gee, there is so much for nakedness. Nakedness is a long one. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> to dream you see a naked man signifies fear and terror. To dream you see a naked woman signifies honour and joy, provided she is fair, clear-skinned, and beautiful. But if, on the contrary, you dream you see a naked woman who is old, wrinkled, or ugly, that signifies shame, repentance, and bad luck. This is a very old-fashioned book, isn't it? But if a man dreams he sees a woman painted, the luck will not be as bad. If you see a naked woman painted or in, in a beautiful statue of marble, gold, silver, or brass, that signifies good luck and success in business. If a husband dreams he sees his wife naked, it signifies deceit. If a wife dreams she sees her husband naked, it signifies assurance and success in her enterprises. <laughs> to dream you see a whore naked signifies paradise and danger by the craft and deceit of that woman. This is a very... I think, they need, I think it needs to release an updated version of this. To dream you see a friend naked signifies arguments. To dream that a man sees himself naked signifies sickness or poverty, and most commonly shame by means of some other person. To dream you are naked in a bath with a person you fancy, signifies joy, pleasure, and health. If a woman dreams that she is stark naked in her husband's arms, that indicates sadness to her by bad news. But when the husband has the same dream, it signifies happiness and profit. I'm sensing a theme here, and I'm not sure if I like it. If you dream you're in, you are in bed with someone you do not like, it predicts sickness or discontent. To dream that a man is naked in bed with a beautiful woman signifies deceit, and with a handsome man, pain, trouble, loss, damage, and deceit. <laughs> to dream that you are stark naked signifies loss and damage to your property. To dream that you are naked in church is bad. <laughs> Nothing specific, just bad. For a girl to dream she sees a naked man shows that she will quickly fall in love, be married, and have many male children who will be great cowards. <laughs> oh, I told you this book was gold. Oh my god. Oh my god. Do you know what? Just make your own one up, Brianne. He obviously has. 
<sighs> Should we just say anxiety? Let's just say anxiety and vulnerability. A fear of a fear of being vulnerable. Let's just say that. That's probably more accurate than anything I just read. <laughs> oh my god. What? Um let's say what uh are the police in here? Okay, to dream in being in the custody of a policeman signifies that you may expect to be unjustly blamed by the one who wishes you ill, but that in the end the false accusation will do you more good than it ever did harm. Oh, I don't, so the flip side of that is that you're helping. So maybe you've blamed someone for something, true or false, but it, the accusation will lead to something good. That That's what I can gather from that. I hope that helps in some way, shape or form. And the last couple, uh, Siobhan. Siobhan actually woke up from an incredibly weird dream last night. Uh, she says, I was leaving work when a man in a blue and black Spider-Man costume shot me. Oh. He didn't kill me, but I played dead as he ran off and then I woke up. That's a weird one. Blue and black Spider-Man. So that's like kind of Venom. I wonder, is Superhero in here? Superhero and Shot. That's what I'm going with. Okay, we don't have Superhero. Oh, but what was here? What was Normal Hero again? Hero was a change of heart in someone who has hitherto been cool to you especially should you dream of some great hero of historic times. Okay, yeah, Spider-Man counts as that. And shooting. Uh, to dream you shoot with a bow signifies comfort. That you fire a gun indicates profit, deceit, and grief through anger. To dream you are out shooting is very favourable if you kill plenty of game. This dude was white. But if you dream you kill nothing, then it indicates bad luck and disappointment in love. Getting shot, what what would getting shot be? Okay, once again, the baton falls to me because this is useless. Okay, so you got shot, which leads to death most of the time, and death in a dream always signifies change. And with hero, it's a change of heart in someone who has hitherto been cool with you. So, by the sounds of things, a change in some kind of relationship in your life. Maybe for the better, maybe for the worst. Worse. But, who knows, potentially, possibly. I feel like a lot of these aren't good. They're just like, well, people are going to change. But that's so vague, isn't it? Like, people change all the time. Like, that's... I don't know, I feel like these are all kind of a cop-out. This is this is falling apart. I hope it's been entertaining, but let's let's do the let's do the last one. Lily, I tend to always have dreams where my teeth crumble out of my mouth. Oh, that one's anxiety. I know that one. I have that one all the time. Like I will be speaking and then I just start spitting out broken teeth, dude. All the time I have that one. Um, yeah, that's just straight up anxiety. Another one I always wait. Let's see what let's see what he says. Oh, okay. Oh, that's actually quite a lot for teeth. The teeth are taken for the closest relations and best friends. The front teeth are applied to children, brother and other 
close relations. The upper teeth signify the males and the lower the females. If anyone dreams they have lost or damaged one of their teeth, that indicates injury or death to a relation. Oh my god. No, it doesn't. But if you dream that your teeth are more attractive and whiter than usual, that signifies joy, prosperity, good news, and friendship among relations. If a person dreams... Okay, if a person dreams... I'm going to Sean Connery. If a person dreams that one of their teeth has grown longer than the rest, they will be in trouble with some of their relations. The upper eye tooth... Or the upper eye tooth, what is that? Signifies the father and the lower the mother. If you dream that one of your front teeth is loose or turned black, or that it is painful, one of your friends or relations will be sick or in trouble. To dream you pull out your teeth is not a good omen for you. To dream your teeth are taken out or fall out denotes serious troubles for your children or some relations. Dude, it's just anxiety. Say less. Say less, Edwin. <laughs> It's just anxiety, bro. No one's going to die. That is anxiety. My teeth are falling out. Everybody's going to die. Like, come on. <laughs> what else have you got, Lily? Another one I always have is that I'm driving and the brakes on the car give up and I, st I can't stop the car. I know both of these can link back to anxiety. Oh, yeah, there we go. And the fear of losing control, but I need to look into it more. But then I also had a dream recently that I picked up some Spider-Man wellies. What is it with you lot on Spider-Man? I mean, Tom Holland, isn't it? Uh, in my size and walked to the other side of the shop and they had shrunk to a smaller size. So I was fuming. But on the way out, I met <laughs> Tom Holland and then drove his car around the car park. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with shoes. Let's get some shoes. To dream you are wearing good shoes signifies financial advantages and a good reputation. The opposite signifies damage, disdain and dishonour. To dream you make shoes or slippers signifies poverty, except to artists. Very important specification there. To dream you have new shoes on signifies comfort. To dream you see old shoes signifies loss. To dream of shoes falling off your feet or being old denotes poverty and distress oh man do you know what forget all of that i'm gonna go with boots to have good boots or shoes signifies joy and happiness honor and profit through your employees old boots indicate a return to an old love so lily your employees are gonna have significant joy and happiness and honor and profit but it's going to shrink very fast and be very short-lived. <laughs> so, sucks for your employees, Lily, if you have any. <laughs> what a mental... What a mental ride that was. Let's just look at... Right, let's pick some random ones. Okay, Iceberg denotes an enemy who will take advantage of your superior position and do you harm. Drum, to hear the beat of a drum or drums foretells fame and popularity for you or those around you. <laughs> well, hrapa pum pum, bring on the riches. Oh, here we go, actually. To those of you who said Spider-Man, spider, 
Let's go with just spider. Should you dream of a spider, you can infer that the failure of efforts you recently made must not discourage you because, by continued perseverance, you will in the long run you will in the long run be sure to succeed. If you dream that the spiders are crawling over you, you may expect to receive a large sum of money before you are much older. If you kill one, it foretells future enjoyment for you. To see one spinning is a sign that much money is to come to you. Right, so anyone who dreamed of Spider-Man, just keep trying. Life might have been against you, but keep pushing, keep doing you, keep putting your heart and soul into everything, and you'll be mad rich, bro. You'll be making bank. There you go. <laughs> what a crazy, crazy thing. I told you it was gold. Fool's gold, maybe, but it's... Man, what a bug. I might write my own. I might write my own one. To those wonderful patrons, I hope that helped. And to anyone listening who has had similar dreams, I hope you found some answers there too. Honestly, I was expecting slight, slightly more specificity, but, and you know, maybe less old-fashioned views. But it was the 90s, what can you say? Carl Jung said, Dreams are impartial, spontaneous products of the unconscious psyche, outside the control of the will. They are pure nature. They show us the unvarnished natural truth and are therefore fitted, as nothing else is, to give us back an attitude that accords with our basic human nature when our consciousness has strayed too far from its foundations and run into an impasse. I like the pure nature part. They show us the unvarnished natural truth. Impartial, spontaneous products of the un unconscious psyche. This is why I reckon so many people are more creative in the nighttime or as they get closer to bed because sleep and dreams are all to do with the subconscious and unconscious mind the same place most creativity comes from and the closer we get to the time of sleep the more interesting and frequent our ideas can become personally i can't remember how many times i have shut everything down for the night and just as I'm drifting off to sleep my mind will just present me with a melody or a lyric that is just pure I mean I don't want to say a genius but you know what I'm saying <laughs> but annoyingly often much better than anything I had tried to think of during the day it's also why I love recording this podcast late at night Apart from everything being really quiet, which makes everything easier, my mind definitely goes to some more interesting places. The same goes for if I record first thing in the morning, though the thread on those thoughts is held very loosely compared to the, the ones at night. But regardless of who has hit the nail on the head about why we really dream, if anyone has at all, what we can all agree on is that there really is endless potential there. I may not be able to bring the bowl of Cocoa Pops that tastes like a roast dinner back from the dream, but I can bring the idea. And all dreams start with an idea. Ha ha! I knew I'd end on something good. Nice.
I was getting a little bit nervous there. I'm not going to lie that I wouldn't come up with something a little, at least semi-profound. But we made it, guys. We made it. And with that, I'm going to bring this dreaming special to a close. I hope you are feeling chill, educated, informed, entertained, all of that. And I wish you the most amazing dreams in the nights to come. If any of you are going to try your hand at lucid dreaming, I wish you the best with that too. Just remember to accept and embrace whatever comes. There is no need for fear. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And as always, please take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. And I will speak to you soon.